Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Mark Fraley Podcast. This is episode 94. Today is Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. It is a nice, warm, spring-like day here in Nashville. And as we watch the spring flowers starting to show, Nashvillians are trying to figure out what to do with their landscapes after our deep freeze several weeks ago. Many of us lost large shrubs and some non-native perennials. We are watching to see what comes back, and then there will be some choices to make about replacement plantings. Perhaps this will be the subject of a later episode. As always, thanks to Ron Trammell for his guitar-picking intro music. Strong and vibrant cities and towns have have strong and vibrant parks and recreation agencies. Effective leadership of these local government agencies is necessary to achieve this success. Each year for about the past 50 years, the Tennessee Recreation and Parks Association bestows a prestigious fellow award to one professional who has made a significant contribution to the profession of parks and recreation. One of my goals in this podcast is to interview many of these persons and to capture their stories. My hope is that the lessons of their leadership may be preserved. This past November at the TRPA annual conference held in Gatlinburg, the fellow award was presented to our guest today, Joe Huff. Joe is the executive director of the Maryville, Alcoa, and Blunt County Park and Recreation Agency. Joe is a lifelong resident of Blunt County and has spent virtually his entire career with that department, starting as athletic supervisor. Joe uses his educational background in marketing and business to lead that innovative agency. Joe has also contributed to the advancement of the park and recreation field in Tennessee, serving in many roles over the years at the regional and state level. Joe was president of TRPA in 2014. And so I hope you will enjoy my conversation with Joe Huff, and we will get started with this interview right after this important message. Hi, this is Heather Lose, Editor-in-Chief of the Tennessee Conservationist Magazine. Every year, we publish six beautiful issues packed full of timely and informative stories about Tennessee culture, people, and places. You can stay informed about your world and all the great things happening in your Tennessee state parks. It's easy to subscribe. Just go to our website at tnconservationist.org. Thank you. So, Joe Huff, welcome to the Mark Fraley Podcast. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Joe, it's it's uh, great to be here, and I and I have um, scheduled you for this um, on account of the fact that you were awarded the TRPA Fellow Award just this fall. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. It's a great honor. Well, it is. And, um, you know, this is um, after a long, long career in parks and recreation. Um, uh, tell, tell us, Joe, um, at the outset of this, you know, we like to ask our, our, uh, uh, our guests about what inspired them to get into the field of parks and recreation. And, you know, what was, what was your influence to do that? Well, you know, I, of course, I grew up in Blount County, uh, lifetime resident of this area, and grew up playing 
athletics and different programs and that kind of thing. Actually, I, I in high school, my later years of high school and early years of college, I worked at one of the recreation centers um, here in Black County. So I worked for Parks Rec part-time. But still at that time, I wasn't thinking that was going to be a career move. You know, when I went to college, I got my degree in business administration with a major in marketing. So I didn't go to the school for recreation. I was, right. And I, I was kind of wanting to get, in, I was kind of thinking more of the business side of, of things. I'm kind of a numbers guy, and I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, but after a couple, right out of college, had a couple of jobs here and there, and they were okay, but that just wasn't crazy about it. And then an opening come available for athletics at uh, Maryland Corps Blount County Parks and Rec. So I was uh, fortunate enough to, to get that job in 1983. And now I couldn't imagine doing anything else. That's, that's kind of where it started. And it's been a, it's been a great ride uh, since then. So what was that initial job? Say, say more about that. It was a superintendent of athletics. And, uh, you know, it. early in, in, you know, early on, I think like a lot of parks and rec back in that time, a lot of parks recreation and still is a lot is athletics, but we were sure. mainly athletics. And, uh, you know, I, I played a lot of adult softball, travel, played around that kind of thing. And adult softball leagues were a big deal in our area and youth football, and basketball, I don't know, adult basketball. So at that time, you know, the athletics was probably the biggest part of our department. And, and, and that's what my job and you, was. And you were over it. That was, that was right. a key and, role. Yeah. 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 It was, it, it was, it was great. So you were hired, uh, I guess by Mike Krausen. No, John Wilbanks. Oh, John was there at that time. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, John Wilbanks, of course, is uh, your predecessor there. Yeah. Um, and we interviewed John a year or so ago uh, because he also was uh, a past president of Tennessee Recreation and Parks Association and a fellow. Um, so you've had a, uh, in that department there, there's been a sequence of, of really good leadership. Oh, there was, and Mike Krause, of course, Mike's wife, Cookie, Krausen worked with me for years until she I've retired. I've forgotten about, about that. Years. Yes, yeah, right. She was a, and I still see Mike. And and then before them, uh, the late Frank Bradley, who was the first director of the Maryville Alcoa Blunt County Parks and Recreation when it started in 1970, right. and he was he was really a big influence to him in my early years. So I had the, uh, I, I was it, it was great to be able to have all three of those around for a while during my early years. So you knew Frank. I know, I know him well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I was director in Sevierville for a short period of time and got to know him a little bit uh, when I was there. What a terrific yeah. guy! Oh, he was he was a visionary for sure. Sometimes Absolutely. He, was, he 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 had he had lots of ideas, and that they didn't always pan out. But he had a lot of ideas, and well, he was you know he started the uh, our big softball tournament, the Smoky Mountain Classic, which is co still considered the number one. Uh, invitational slow pitch softball tournament in the country today, and he started that fifty something years ago, and, and, and he's probably the main reason it is where it is today. You know, um, you, you talk about visionary, and I and I look back at at the organization of your department there, and it, I guess, for the purpose of of listeners that may not know about it, let's talk about that just a little bit because it's an unusual organization and an exemplary organization. Um, so we have the cities of Maryville and, and Alcoa and the County of Blunt that have come together to be one organization for parks and recreation. Tell us about how that's organized and, and, uh, and a little more about that. 
Well, when it was originated in 1970, actually the state had to pass a tort law to allow it because uh, we're considered a multi-governmental agency. Right. And I think we're the only one, might be the only one state. I, you know, I, I don't know, but, but when it was formed, they had to pass a law so we could actually do this. So the two cities and the county could work together and form a multi-governmental agency. It a little bit resembles, you know, we don't have them in Tennessee, but other areas of the country like park districts, right. except we don't have the ability to, to pass, you know, some financial bonds, some, some of that stuff they do. But You but don't have taxing authority, right? No, we right. don't, and we don't have their power. But, but it's key, I don't know, the key to it is the cooperation among the three governments, and, and that's what's it's probably kind of tough to do today. And, you know, the, the county, the two cities, back when it was formed, uh, they made a commitment to uh, work together on, on uh, funding us, for, like from a general budget, general fund, you know, they all three contribute so much to that. Now, the capital projects are each responsibility of each uh, respective government, so right. whatever they do capital that's just that's their decision. That's their money. But they all right. chip in for for the general fund. So it works. I, I get I probably get one or two calls a year, and you know they say, "Tell me how you're set up." And I right. say, well, and then I explain it to them how the cities and all the county work together. They say, "Oh, that's not going to work here." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess you know it, it's a challenge. You know, county politics and city politics, municipal politics are are are, are completely different. So to get those all those on the same page, you know, like in our area, our, the Blunt County Commission has 21 people on it. Uh, the two cities each have five people on their council. So the politics are different, but uh, I think they understand. Number one, I think they understand the cost savings for each one of them to do this joint venture, and they they know if they did it on their own, it, it it's going to be a whole lot more expensive. So we so it helps match standpoint also. Well, it's a model um, agency. There's no question. I, and I uh, know a little bit about it. I know there's a board uh, and each of the different entities has a number of people on the board. That's right. We have a seven member board. We have two from each government. And one of those two has to be an elected official. I see. And then those six choose another at large person for the board. Oh, so we have okay. Seven- I saw that at large member. Yeah. I didn't know how that person was chosen. And that's a, we have a seven-member board. They're, they're one of their big duties: hiring, firing, whatever of an executive director. You know, they're they're pretty much my boss. That's who I report to. I don't I don't really report to city managers or mayors or anybody like that. Although some of them are on my board, and I mean, even though you don't report to them, that they definitely have a lot of influence. Oh, on, absolutely, on sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, this board is is who I report to. Right. Well, you know, you've been there a good long time, so that's a test testimony to your your ability to to handle those uh, uh, the waves and the flow of, of local government, yeah, it and it has helped growing up here and, and and you know some of these people I'm dealing with now, whether mayor or councils and people I grew up with, so sure, you know it, it's important when you have a an agency such as theirs to build those relationships. And like you said, I've been I've been here it'll be forty years this April, so uh, I've been able to establish some of those and. And I, and I think that's important. And I think it's also important to understand, you know, Parks and Rec, you know, Parks and Recreation, it probably, I, I mean, I feel it's one of the most, it's a very important part of every community. 
but I think it's also understanding it's important to know your place in the scheme of things sometimes when it comes to budgeting. You know, it's kind of like we might not be number one. We might not be at the top of the list sometimes in funding, but we just want to make sure we stay on that list. Exactly. And, and exactly. I think that's the, that's the key to uh, – I think that's the key to the success too because, you know, when it comes to recreation, a lot of people in the county have different ideas about recreation than a lot of people in the city. So it's kind of – make sure those two get together and, and have a positive mix for our department. Well, one, th one thing too is, is that Alcoa and Maryville are very close in geographically. I mean, they're not, it's not, it's not like they're a great distance apart. No, no, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're both in the County. So they're right. both right here, you know, and they, and they just board and they border each other. Right. I mean, where, where my office is, I can get to Alcoa in three minutes and I can get to Alcoa and Maryville in a couple of minutes so we're right. we're just it, it it's very close in proximity <clears throat> and the population down our core is a little smaller probably has eleven thousand people uh maryville's getting up close to thirty thousand people now and then the county as a whole probably around hundred and fifty thousand uh, kind of, it's growing every day right now <laughs> well you know in tennessee one of the issues that develops uh is a constant issue um uh, of course, we have 95 counties, and each county has a county seat. And typically, uh, if there's a park and recreation department, it's the it's the it's the the city that is the county seat. And generally speaking, around Tennessee, the the county governments are sort of um, not involved in parks and recreation so much, and they leave it up to the the, the major city in each county. Uh, and that's you know it, it's a two-way situation. It's a, it, it um, uh, the county governments are not participating financially, um, but it's just and it can be a strain on that on that municipality that's trying to serve not just its own residents but the county at large. And so yeah. the way you've got it organized, it kind of um, deals with that problem right up front. It does. The county, the county, they're part of as far as we're the way we operate. It, this is. It, 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 their, their contribution is just as good as the two cities. So we're, I think that's another positive part of it. We do have a county involved in parks and recreation. I mean, mm -hmm. they do. Parks and recreation is discussed at their commission meetings. You know, when I meet with the county mayors and finance people, you know, we're we're part of their we're part of their plan. And uh, and you're right. In a lot of communities, the county, even in a lot of the larger um, cities, the, the, their counties are not involved that much. So and I think that's a, another one of the the beauty of our our uh, multi-governmental setup is the county is heavily involved and they're heavily Super. involved yeah. they have decision ma making on our board too so that's right right they're they're on the board participating yeah. exactly well you know you talked about innovation um i remember visiting maryville i guess the first time i ever visited maryville was probably 76 or 77 and even in those days they had greenways uh, they were one of the very first cities um, that I recall, other other than planned cities like Columbia, Maryland, and Reston, Virginia, uh, to have uh, greenways. Um, and you all have done a great job with your greenways program. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it again, it's a little confusing how it, it operates, but but you're right. I always say, you know, Maribel, we're doing greenways before greenways were doing exactly, exactly <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, elegant greenways and and where they've got a lot of those greenways you probably couldn't pull it off today because of some of the issues with you know with land acquisition that kind of thing and we're still the both cities and even the county's working on on uh, 
doing a greenway and heading toward Townsend right now. But both cities are still oh, wow. active. Yeah, we're they're still active and and adding on to what they currently have. It's, you know, we got a, the main trunk of our greenway, which starts from uh, an elementary school in Maribel and goes all the way close to the airport now, probably about nine miles. But you probably got another nine miles just offshoot areas off of that. And it's it's what's needed goes through most of the schools in, in the two cities, not many in the county. We don't have a lot of uh, greenways and outlying areas yet. But our greenway system is probably second to none as far as it, it connects. It's not just a we don't have a couple miles over here and a couple miles over there. About every greenway we have is connected. There's not too many just isolated two-mile greenways or really none. If you get on our greenway anywhere in our community, you can walk all – you can go as far as you want. It's all connected. So I think that's a neat part, too. So, Joe, are they are they pretty heavily utilized? Very heavily utilized. I mean, and when we do – I think we're, we're great on greenways. But if you do surveys of things you'd like to see in the community, greenways is still number one. <laughs> I mean, it's still – but it is very – all sections, um, city of Alcoa just uh, in the last few years connected the Greenway all the way out to Clayton's and the Clayton headquarters, and uh, which connects them. Now we're you know we're a, a big huge Amazon distribution center is, is being built, and and the plans are to connect the Greenways out to the Amazon. Uh, Smith and Weston National Headquarters are moving. Oh, I'd forgotten County. about that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know when these large companies come in, one of the main things they want access to greenways. They want that kind of thing. So there's and it's kind of a little bit more out in the county. So there's some plans to kind of start taking the greenway out that way a little bit. And, and you know it's just and, and the thing about the greenways too. You know the Parks and Rec. We don't maintain all the greenways. We maintain a little bit of it. City of Maryville maintains some, and City of Alcourt maintains some. So it. But there again, it it works. I mean, it's a uh, it can be a little confusing sometimes, but it it seems to work. I mean, we it works well. So all three of us are involved in the in the maintenance of the greenways, and and it seems to work well. So it would be the public works department of those uh, individual yep. towns that yep. handles that maintenance. Yep. And, and you have your own main... you have your own yep. maintenance crew though too, don't oh, you? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We maintain a lot through the par- everything through the parks and some of the outlying areas and, and alcohol. You know, we maintain a lot of it too. So it's it's kind of like everybody's got their own little section of responsibility, but it like I said, it, it it seems to work well. And where do you have community centers, Joe? We have three community centers. We have two in Alcoa, and one is the Blunt County Community Center, um, uh, the Everett, what we call Everett Recreation Center, which is uh, the old Everett High School years ago, which closed in 1977, and it, it's their gym, which that gym at one time used to be one of the largest gyms in the state for our seating capacity, but we use that as a rec center. And then we have uh, two in Alcoa. Springbrook Gym is, again, uh, an old school, and Martin Luther King Center is a center that was built uh, back in the early, mid-90s. Uh, that is, We utilize it a lot for after-school programming and that kind of thing. Let's talk about aquatics and, and how important that is in, in your, in your uh, overall program. We have two outdoor pools. Uh, one thing it is missing in our area is an indoor pool. We, there's just there's not an indoor pool in Blunt County. There's there's always been a push on that from aquatic people, and and uh, we just hadn't that just hadn't come been hadn't been able to, to accomplish yet. But we have two outdoor pools. We have one 
older pool now, of course, it's Springbrook pool is actually built back in that late, probably late twenties, early thirties when Alcor, the, the company, you know, when, when Alcor, Alcor got their name when the company Alcor set up shop back in the right. early twenties or whatever. Aluminum Company of America. America. Right. And, it, right. and it's still there. They've changed their name, Arconic, a little bit. They've got two divisions now. So Arconic and Alcor both over here. So that pool was built by them. And we've maintained it and updated it over the years. It, it's still got a lot of, it's still got some issues. Uh, we, we need some more updating, but it holds nearly a million gallons of water. So uh, probably except for Oak Ridge pool, it's probably the largest, largest public pool like that uh, around. So we, we maintain that. And then we have another pool in the city of Maribel, John Severe pool. So we, and we have, you know, we sponsor a swim team. We do a lot of aquatics, but you know, when you don't have an indoor pool, you kind of limit yourself, but we do the, we, we do pretty well with the outdoor pools and they're, they're very popular. The, the Springbrook pool probably averages five or 600 people a day and John Severe there again for outdoor pools depending on the weather, but, but we've been pretty happy with, with, with the pool. John Severe was just updated about four years ago in really good shape now. So we're, we're really happy with it. Super, you know, over the years and, and as I've interviewed uh, parks directors around the state, I always ask them the question about you know the popularity of of different uh, recreational pursuits and how a parks and recreation department responds to some new fad type um, activity i guess some years ago frisbee golf was was a, a going thing and some something that departments were doing and now it seems like pickleball is is taking over our parks and recreation agencies <laughs> uh talk yeah. a little bit about what's popular these days and and what you guys do to stay on on top of of th new things that are on the, on the horizon yeah i was speaking to a group uh, the other day and i mentioned to him you know when i started 40 years ago if you'd mentioned uh disc golf pickleball and dog parks i wouldn't have known what you're talking about <laughs> But those are things like three uh, three of the largest things we have um, as far as new things. And, and you're right, pickleball. Uh, I know when I went to NRPA this year, every time you mentioned the word pickleball in these group meetings, everybody started moaning and groaning. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot of pressure. It don't, we built six new courts, and we're hoping to get a few more, but you can't build enough. So and I, what I hear, pickleball is the fastest-growing sport in America, and it kind of shows around here. We it is very popular but we try to keep up with those trends you know we have a disc golf course it's a great partnership with clayton's uh, kevin clayton the ceo uh, of clayton's contact you speak of clayton clayton homes yeah clayton homes yes yeah. okay okay berkshire hathaway company and uh, they're a huge company in this area manufacturer of of pre-built homes pre yeah prefab right. home right and so we work he 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 had a lot of property next to his plant so we did a, a partnership where they built the disc golf course and they leased that property to the city of alcoa for a dollar a year and we maintain it and the clayton's it's called is considered one of the top disc golf courses uh, maybe in the south i mean it, it it's a very it's a very popular course it's a beautiful course and so we're real happy about that and of course we've added it we've got dog park and we've done uh, the pickleball and you know and, and it's things have really changed like when, when when i started you know the adult softball was the big thing now adult softball seems to be going 
down in popularity. Uh, I think adults, their kids are playing so much. I don't know if adults have time to play that kind of stuff anymore. So some of the adult sports are going down in popularity, but then again, pickleball is adult and that kind of thing. So the, it, it's just, it's trending, like you said, and, and, and we, we try to keep up with those trends. We hope we do. And, and, and not only those athletic programs, those kind of thing, but in the arts and, and some of the uh, performing arts, even some of those things we do. So we're, we're trying to expand that and do a little bit better job in those kind of areas too. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit more about the cultural arts features and what you're doing there. Well, we're involved in a lot of camps. We're fortunate to have a, a lady on staff who's uh, used to work at Dollywood, who's very, I guess she has some connections in some of those areas. So we, we've got some performing arts, uh, a few camps that we do. We, we do some uh, musical lessons. We, I, we've just expanded out into, and, and they're not huge programs, but there are a lot of smaller programs that come together uh, as a as a good group of things to offer, I guess uh, we partner with the local pottery company, and pottery uh, has really become a big, uh, very popular class for us. It fills up quick, and you know it's hard to get into actually a lot of times. So we're we're getting out in those areas a little bit more. You know, that's one. I thought that's one area we were lacking. I, I know when I started, to try to get in some of those areas a little bit more. So I think we're doing a better job with that and reaching out to a different clientele and. And, and, and we're seeing that those people who, who sign up for those things kind of hang around and sign up for other programs with us. So uh, well, that that's so interesting. And now you have your pottery classes there at your community centers, I presume. No, no we do it at the uh, a, a company here in town. We partner with them. They sign up here, but we do it at their place. They've got all the all the supplies and everything needed there. This works very well for us. Well, that's an excellent an excellent point. You know, you you can't be restricted by just the properties that you own uh i'm wonder i'm wondering do you do you have programs out in the in the schools at all we do we T tell us about uh, well, that well currently in in our youth athletic programs people moving we've had a lot of people move in but they've really grown the last few years and we're in the middle of youth basketball now with you know 700 and some kids playing basketball so yeah we're we're utilizing probably about four gyms besides our own rec centers uh, for our youth basketball program. And then youth football or tackle football program, we play at the area high schools and that kind of thing. So a lot of our youth athletics we're having utilized. We have some facilities, but we have to utilize some others because it, it, it's grown. Youth soccer is another program we have twice a year. We have to, you know, especially for practice, when you got 40-something youth soccer teams around, it's just hard, you know, practice field is a challenge. So schools are great. Uh, they work with us, you know, we help, we work with them on some things and, you know, they utilize our aquatics and pools for some different things in the summer, their summer uh, program. So we work with them. So it's, it's just a great partnership. We, we have no issues working with schools and they're very, they're very great to work with. It's, it's an important thing um, f for departments just getting started that don't really have a lot of facilities to, to, to have a relationship with the school board uh, to, util to utilize those facilities. I wonder, do you have some sort of written agreement with with the school board about about that, or is this how is that coordinated? We don't. You know, okay. I, I, I mean, when I first started, there was a big thing about park school agreements, and and, and maybe mm -hmm. that is made in some bigger areas. But you know, we it just seems like the relationship is always. I don't know if you can put it on a piece of paper and sign it because it's 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 always changing a little bit. Uh, I mean, what what we're needing, what they're needing, and that kind of thing. It, it's just an understanding between the three 
superintendents actually i mean so you have county schools and two city schools exactly so and you have three different schools. school systems essentially right exactly yeah, yeah. yeah wow get them, if you start writing something down on a paper and get them all to agree to it you're probably gonna have an issue but uh. But when we call and talk to him, it seems to work pretty well. <laughs> well, I guess those relationships are the key to yeah. it, um, uh, and 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 trust back and forth, and and you all you have something to offer them as well. So it's not like it's exactly. a one way street. Um, but you know, as you well know from from being around Parks and Rec, that's been um, a perennial issue, um, and uh, there's always been an emphasis on written agreements, but. Um, you know what works works i guess that's right. that's the key um well we'd have to have three written agreements so that would be <clears throat> balanced too right absolutely joe you know it's it's um interesting to me to as a little sideline uh you have said that you grew up there in in blunt county uh and the name huff is a name that's associated with with the smokies a little bit uh, that 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 family name is your is your family uh, been there a long time up in up in the up in the Smokies? Yeah, but that's not the Huffs up in the Sevier County area. That's 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 a different group. A different group. Okay, <laughs> well, that was the group I was thinking about. You know, the Huff family was involved with in Sevier County was involved with Lacant Lodge for many many years. Yeah, yeah the um, Huff name's been around Gatlinburg and for years. But yeah, I did grow. I grew up here basically. The, I mean, I. I was raised in parks recreation. I mean, I, I started working at the rec centers when I was 18, 19 and started a full-time job at 23. So, uh, about most major life experiences I have, have been working for parks and recreation. There's a lot of people here has helped raise me. Well, you know, I ran into Candy Rawlings yesterday. And, uh, for those of you that, for those of our listeners, Candy is the executive director of our parks and recreation association here in Tennessee. And she reminded me of your background in marketing. And um, uh, she wanted me to ask you about that and, and how your, your business and marketing background has shown itself in what you're doing there. You know, when I started here and even now marketing, marketing should be a, a huge requirement in any recreation curriculum. I don't, I, I don't have any experience. I did go back and do some classes on my master's but didn't have any of that. But, you know, at least in our community, it's all about getting more people to participate in your programs and you know we're getting more and more competition too so the key to you know meeting your competition is, is a good marketing plan or a branding or however you want to call it and i i use my marketing especially you know early on when i learned in marketing is a little bit different now it's pre-social media but uh yeah marketing i, I just think it's a key to a successful parks and rec uh, department say more is, tell us more yeah. Well, even in, and from the marketing standpoint, even the business background, you know, from a budgeting standpoint, you know, there's pressure on us to generate a lot of our revenue. So we generate, we probably generate a third of our budget. We generate a third of it. And we don't have a, a large facility that brings in a lot of money. We're, we're getting little things here, little things there. And, you know, you're going to have to understand your price components of your expense ratio. You, I mean, a lot of that stuff, that business aspect marketing is so important. You know, the, you can't run a parks and rec really completely like a business, but you got to have a business attitude. I think when when dealing with parks and rec, it's not all about spending money, and and I think that's an issue with some of the parks and recreation, some of the the bad publicity they've got. You know, 
I hear all our, all the we're just coming back wanting money all the time. We need to generate some money too, mm-hmm. and I think that's very important. And I think that's a key. Uh, to and, and anytime you could do that, the more the more you can generate, the less you're going to ask from taxpayers. So true. Anytime, true. We, anytime we can generate that money, we're getting that money from taxpayers. I mean, you're going to get one way or the other. So, <laughs> so Joe, is there a component of doing research um, in terms of surveys uh, for? for trying to gauge what citizens' demand is for t- particular types of events and, and uh, programs? Yeah, we have. And, and I think one, and going back to that marketing too, one of the yes. key, we go back and we ask people how they hear about our programs. That's a key part of it. You know, why do they sign up for us? And, and the two number, the two biggest things is returning customers, they were happy, and then word of mouth. You know, one of the first things you learn in, in marketing, it's a whole lot cheaper word of mouth than it is to do advertising and newspapers. You know, it, if you run a great program, running a great program is your number one marketing tool. So I, that and that's the key. And you know, that's why they keep coming back. You know, for, we see our numbers increasing every year. That's because they're happy with our programs. And then they go tell their friends. That's a cheap marketing tool, an expensive marketing tool. That's a lot easier than going out and, trying to do buy some kind of ads or trying to do some public uh, advertising of course now social media is a little bit right, different right so we're we're, we're finding that out and i it, <clears throat> and i think and i think that's a key you know um, i would uh, commend to our audience to look at your website for your department and i had i had to note the the um, url is parksrec.com yeah <laughs> and and i and i i'm like how in the world did you snag parksrec.com as as your uh, uh, homepage address? I mean, uh, you're even competing with a popular television show. Yeah. Um, and we were we had that before the popular television. Well, show. that was what I guessed is that you must have gotten into the internet business early, early. We did when I first became director in 2000. That's the first thing we did, and there was. You know, we kind of look, we, we have a long name, the Maribel Alcoa sure, County right. Parks. So, right. you know, we we kind of changed our, our branding to be called just Parks, we're just Parks Rec. You know, our logo says Parks and Rec. I mean, that's what everybody called us when they call up here. What, what, what Parks and Rec? Nobody called us the Maribel Alcoa County Parks and Recreation. They didn't even say recreation. They always said Parks and Rec. Right. It just seemed natural. That's their name. So we, our logo went to Parks and Rec, our website was fortunate to get it back you know 23 years ago when not a whole lot of parks rec most parks recreation then and probably still now website are part of the city side they don't have exactly their own side. So exactly we're, we're not part of the government so we got our own so right. in our emails of parks rec so we, we were we were lucky to grab that domain name and, and uh, it's worked well for us well it's a beautiful uh, well-organized site um i don't know uh, whether i I tuned it in the other day just in preparation for talking with you, and and I was extraordinarily impressed because it sets out a lot of your history and and of course all the programs and things that are that are going on, and it's and it's nice looking. It's well designed. Do you is, do you do that in house, or do you did you get some assistance with that? No, we get assistance with that. We work yeah. with a local company here. We do some in house and and make upkeep updating it and that kind of thing. Right. But no, we're a you know. Uh, we probably couldn't afford to hire the people that could do a website like that. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 really well done, and and um, 
you know, for for folks that are traveling to East Tennessee and looking for something to, to do and see, uh, check out their website. It's um, it, it's really well done. And that's another example of the marketing aspect of it. I think you, know, you got to have a website that's not only appealing that wants you to look at it, but it's got to be easy to use. And we hope ours is, you know, you can navigate it pretty easy. And, and from that website, you sign up for our programs also. Makes everything pretty easy. Exactly. Um, Joe, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about uh, your involvement in the Tennessee Recreation and Parks Association over the years. Uh, you received the Fellow Award this fall and uh, at the conference in November, uh, but you have a long history of, of uh, involvement with TRPA. I know you're a past president. Um, talk about TRPA and what it's meant to you over the years. But I I just think TRPA is a great resource for all parks and rec professionals. Um, whether you're involved with an organization on the board or or that kind of thing, or or just a, it's just a great opportunity for continuing education. We're a big believer in our department of providing continuing ec education and, uh, and continuing opportunities for employees. And TRPA probably represents the best resource for us as far as those kind of things, from the district workshops to I just. I still like to go. I went with a couple of our maintenance guys to the maintenance work and athletic workshop um, a couple of weeks ago. I might be the only director there, but in all honesty, I sit through that for two days and I got as much out of that as I have most anything I go to. And I think it's just very important uh, to send your, your people to these things. And, and TRPA is always, you know, whether it's their, their conferences and, and, and workshops, they seem to always have. Uh, great opportunities as far as continuing education in, in the recreation field. They seem to do a great job. Candy's done a great job. And, you know, you you remember for years there wasn't really a full-time person there, and then it was a challenge, and now we got one. And probably she could probably use a little bit more help. At this point, it's gotten right. so big, but she right. seemed to do pretty well for her and one other. But it, I've, I've been involved in various boards over the years and um, district. I, I was a district chair one year and past president. So we – and all of our people here, we, we encourage them all to be involved in that. And uh, and we encourage, too, we kind of highly encourage special professional uh, members to be CPRPs also mm -hmm. to get your certification. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we think that's an important aspect of their job also. And, you know, when you get to CPRP, you got to go to stuff. to, to go. Right, to <laughs> so keep to, it, to exactly. Keep it updated, so, right. So you have to go. So that, that, that's, that's a little bit of incentive also. But, yeah. How important? How important is it for you as a director to interact with other directors around the state? Great. I mean, networking, when you go to a conference, your networking is probably what you come home with more than anything. I mean, it's good to be educated on the update, on the, on the new trends, on these kind of things. But, you know, sitting around at night with some of the, uh, with some of my old friends around the table and just uh, discussing what, what's going on in their life and what's going on in their department is, I mean, and I think everybody that's gone to these conferences understand that too. Uh, you know, networking is one of the most important things you get out of. So yeah, it's important. And I like to listen more and more. You know, I've been I'm one of the old guys now, so uh, I like to find the young ones and talk to them because they're in a they're in an area they're better educated on what's needed now than I am. You know, they they understand this whether it's the millennials, the millennials, the Generation X, Generation Z, whatever. Right. You know, that's where that's where I need help in. And I, I try I try to gravitate towards some of the younger ones to get educated more on that aspect of it. 
You know, Joe, you're you are located in one of the most beautiful areas um, in 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 our state and perhaps in the world, uh, right up there adjacent to the Smokies. Um, I guess maybe what 15 miles to the park border from Maryville, yeah. If, if that, um, I'm wondering how how does the out of doors and nature and those sorts of topics enter into your into your program for as program offerings or do they well we get into some of the adventure sports i mean we're, we're doing a little bit of the rafting canoeing and we do fly fishing classes so we got we got some of that but you're right we we are so close to smoky mountains there's a lot of options in that area for that Right. You know, Townsend here right next to us, Townsend is really taking off on a lot of different things like that. I mean, they're, they're, they're really growing. I mean, they don't want to grow. They don't want to become a pigeon forge or something like that from a right. commercial standpoint, but they're growing from, from offerings and those kind of things. So, you know, we don't feel like we like that kind of competition. It, I mean, we're not a department that feels like if it's offered, we have to offer. If somebody else is offering, I'm fine with it. A lot of good quality uh, programs. It, and we are fortunate to be so close here. I mean, people have opportunities to hiking. I mean, we got the Greenway Trail, but if right. you want to go hiking, just drive 20 minutes and you get some of the nicest hiking trails in the country. Right, right. So those offerings are great. And I think I think that helps us. I think a lot of a lot of our people also uh, part of the friends of the Smokies and those groups that that, that, that participate in a lot of that stuff. And I, I just think we complement each other from that aspect. Yeah, I remember John Wilbanks was, a, I guess, a board member of the Friends of the Smokies at one point, or maybe still yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, him or his wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see a lot of departments doing environmental ed sort of activities, uh, you know, uh, nature, nature classes, that sort of thing. Um, anything like that in the future for you guys? We do a camp every year. Uh, tell camp, us more. Yeah. And, and I'm going to try to tell you the back of the probably be uh, the, the lady in my office that runs that could tell you better but we we, we kind of we work at an old uh, we, we use an old area that used to be a used to be a camp back in the days and we have some we have a, a really talented environmental somebody that's it's into the nature and the, and the type of uh, what do you call them animals or creatures right, or whatever right. i mean that kind of thing and and we take a group for a week and we go to the streams and creeks and different areas and examine different things about that and she educates them on on the importance of the and even things from the bank bank stabilization i mean she gets into de details about a lot of things and we offer that it's a week-long camp and i'm probably not explaining as good as it could you, what's you, that you what's that, that called joe it's just called the nature camp okay nature camp we we didn't try to recreate the wheel on that it, that's what we called it we started that about a year after when i was the director about 21 years ago and it's just called nature camp and, and, and about a, how many people do you have or youngsters do you have participating in that i think the most they can take is around 20 because okay. we it builds up every year and we have to turn people away but the the lady doing it and her helper there's only just so many they can have right so, and they've kind of changed it up they 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 evolved a little bit the last few years where we've gone to different locations instead of staying in one place they have the parents drop the kids off at different locations and and do different things so so yeah that's a that that's a very and it's been very very popular with us and we you know there again there's some other organizations right here that's heavily involved in those kind of uh, those kind of uh, you know we're not too far from tremont you know so, exactly right I mean, right again we 
we got some people that that'll pretty pretty well handle some of those programs besides us also exactly you know the um, the population is aging and i guess that's just a well-known fact uh, you all have some special programs for seniors as well don't you yeah we have we operate a senior center um, and it's a very i think we have like six six hundred seven hundred maybe more members in that senior center now and it's a and as you said, since the population is aging, it seems like a lot of the people that's moving into the area are a little bit older, retired people too. That seems like the age group is moving here. So that senior center is very popular. And I mean, they the ballroom dancing, they play cards. We got uh, billiard room, which is which is a very active. Uh, uh, get some high emotions in there sometimes, but it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a very and, and the special events they do there and kind of, I mean it we're averaging probably over a hundred something people a day come through I mean so yeah that and, and you know that's just a sick that's the I guess that's a I think where seniors are really taking off they're becoming more act, active right and you know the senior centers not not necessarily not necessarily a lot of uh, programs that are active although we do have yoga and chair volleyball we do some we do some things for them but we're seeing more and more uh, pickleball i mean pickleball although it's it's trending younger but starting off you know it started at the retirement centers in florida i guess and now right. but it, it's a very when we do indoor pickleball to rec center in the, in the winter and it, it, it's a lot of seniors too and we you know we have a large uh, we partner with we have a large senior division slow pitch softball tournament here every year and it's probably one of the largest ones in the country. The, the group that comes in, they, they play all over East Tennessee, but they have over 200 teams. And and, and we have that tournament here for 10 days. And uh, it's seniors from, you know, it, the youngest age group is 50 and over, and the oldest age group is 75 and over. Wow. So we're, we're, that's one thing I think everybody's seeing is the senior population. Playing cards and that kind of thing is still popular, but they're wanting to move around a little bit more. We're Absolutely. That's a good thing. You know, for so, those of us, that, you know, I have a little bit of, of tennis in my background and uh, getting out on that big tennis court uh, is a challenge a little bit. Uh, maybe the smaller court and you can still use those racket skills a little bit. Yeah. And I think pickleball seems like it's all doubles play. So there's not a lot of running around. It's more reaction than running, it seems like. Right. Right. Well, it's still it's still good for you to be out there uh, getting getting something done. So what's in the future for the for your department up there? What what's what are the plans uh, that you're most excited about? Well, you know, we're we're in the, in the middle of about a actually a ten year plan of updating parks in the city of Maryville. See, Maryville, you know, we're really we're like most parks wreck. We need more parks, and uh, and and we'll start with city of Maryville. They got plans. They got some property for parks in the future, but they're wanting to update and renovate some of the older ones before they get into building new ones. You know, most of these parks we have were built in the 70s. And so we're in the middle, we just updated one of our most popular parks, Sandy Springs Park. Look, it, it's great. We're getting ready to start a couple of next year. So we're looking at that. We're looking at, and uh, I know Blunt County government, we, our, we have our football field and our soccer fields out here. We're looking at plans to update those, new lighting, maybe new surface, that kind of thing. So we've got some plans in that and Alcoa, you know, there's a need for our Martin Luther King Rec Recreation Center. It's just too small. So somewhere down the line, we need to expand that thing. It, 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 it needs to get a little bigger, and then we need some repairs at Springbrook Pool. 
and then all the most cities are continuously adding greenways. Right. Both of them are in the process right now of adding. And, you know, there's a big move on to connect the Maribel Greenway all the way to Townsend. And uh, probably the first phase of that, the county is going to be doing probably from here and go to Heritage High School, which is near Wallen. So there, there, there's a move on, you know, that that's going to be a, a very expensive endeavor. And I'm not sure how long it's going to take. I'm, I'm hoping it'll happen. And then there's a move to connect the Maribel Alcor Greenway to Knox. So wow. if everything goes as the people want, you can get on a Greenway in Knoxville and ride a bicycle to towns. So that's the goal. Well, there's a little, I mean, there's a lake there uh, around Louisville. Yeah. We have a couple of lake parks, Louisville Point Park and Singleton right. Park. So so we're, we're we're pretty fortunate to have a couple of those parks also. Some some opportunities along those lakes for, for greenways. There is. Um, you know, now I've, I've seen some plans of the connection between Maryville and, and Knoxville and and. Uh, you're going to be going under bridges, going out. There's a. <laughs> there's, it can be costly. And, there's no question. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I don't think many people, uh, little the little rivers involved in some of those. And I don't. A lot of those people don't want greenways, and people are walking along their little river area. So there, there's some issues that they got some some things to look at. But that that's the plan. There's plans for both those connections, and there, you know, hopefully some some of that movement will start here soon. And and when you say plans, is, do you have like a county planning commission that's working on those things, or is it who's who is it who is it that's working okay. on those? There's also a, a local greenway group that meets that uh, that that helps the folks. I haven't okay. been going to those. We have representatives there, but so there's a local group of uh, and it's people from across East Tennessee, and I know they've been involved in some of the planning also. And then the county and the cities both have have, have done some plans. Some of the especially the plans for the early connection were were at start. The one that they're getting ready to uh, do in the county, probably heading toward towns, and the county's doing it. Okay. Okay. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure to to uh, to visit with you today. I do appreciate your time and and uh, willingness to to be involved with this. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. Okay, and we'll we'll probably see you in Memphis at our at our TRPA meeting then. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Mark.